Radical ones, today on the show we're celebrating 35 years of Beetlejuice, the 1989 classic film starring Michael Keaton, Gina Davis, Winona Ryder, and Alec Baldwin. I myself am strange and unusual. It's time to get radical. Hello there. It's showtime. What is this, trick or treat? Did I do that? Good morning, Charlie. Honey, get down! Yeah. And look, I won't go far, okay? If the apocalypse comes, beat me. My name is Grace Jones. Thunder! 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 I should be weary. Still, I venture someplace scary. Ghostly hauntings, I turn loose. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice! That was delightful, David. Welcome back, Radical Ones, to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, here with everyone's favorite brother, David, who you just heard. I'm not going to say the name three times because they say bad things come in threes. First of all, in the midst of you moving, we've had some scheduling issues between, because we actually wanted to do this as a, as a threesome. <laughs> Well, yes, you know, we did. I mean. <laughs> anyway, PG, PG. Unfortunately, that didn't work out, and we, had, you know, I know that you had to switch around our Thundercats because this month had five weeks in it, right? Yeah, it was a busy month. So, it was a busy month. It's been a lot of chaos, so we just wanted to make sure we were producing something quality for you. And um, what I just said earlier is from the actual Beetlejuice cartoon that came out after the movie, but it always has a special place in my heart. So I just figured I would throw it out there. Oh, that cartoon is amazing as well. And I definitely want to get into that. Yes, Rob was actually, yeah, going to be a part of this originally. For some reason, this episode did not want to work out with scheduling. I mean, David is, you know, full-time father. And now with the midst of this move with our parents... Myself. And I'm really We're- sick, to be honest with you. I'm I'm feeling under the weather, so it's also something that's contributing to this. So, so we got together in an odd time to try to bring this because we have to get this episode for this week. But actually, and because I can't sleep because I'm sick, I have the man, the man flu, or the man cold, or whatever they call it. No, you're usually really good with that. This is well, yeah. You're always you always pull through it. But thanks, Rob. Going to try to I'm going to try to include you. Maybe you can have your opinion on Beetlejuice because I really know 
you love it as well. Actually, what's funny about this, David, is the switch in the timing. Because the Thundercats always being the last Friday, I just had it as that, you know, until the swap. But the movie came out March 30th of 1988. And this episode, God willing, I'm going to edit it in time, is coming out Friday the 31st. So it's the day after the actual 35th anniversary. So that kind of worked out in a and nice if you way. had a midnight showing, you'd be in the 31st. <laughs> so that's what I'm going for. Well, that's true, actually, because our episodes do drop at midnight on So if you were in a late night double feature picture show. I want to go up. In, oh. in the back row. Ho, ho, <laughs> ho, ho. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh my god, we're delirious, I think, actually. Yeah, so. well, it's a crazy hour. we're recording this at a pretty crazy hour, so we'll not even... I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the morning or the night. Remember that Calvin Klein commercial used to say, I don't know if you're touching me or am I touching you? I'm <laughs> Calvin Klein. I don't know what time it is, what day it is, what time zone I'll be currently, but we're going to put out something good for you. You're going to like it, I guarantee it. Am I touching you or me? That's pretty bad, if you don't know. I don't know, know where you start and I begin. Obsession. Ooh. Before we actually started this on Instagram, which I hope you're following us, Radical Ones and new listeners, because that is always updated. That's where we're usually at for, you know, up-to-date stuff for Radical Retro. We had asked if anyone had any Beetlejuice memories they wanted to share. And one of our bunglers from our Thundercats reviews, Zach, he actually says that it was more based on the cartoon than the movie, but does anyone remember the early 90s PC game? They did make an NES game for Beetlejuice the movie, but a lot of the other games were from the cartoon, which honestly, I kind of do, like you were saying, love it. I, I kind of do put them on the same level. I, I don't know. I like Beetlejuice as this, and I like Beetlejuice as the friendly, you know, like still mischievous ghost, but friendly and like uh, Lydia's friend so I don't remember that personally but I would have loved it Zach yeah that I mean even if it was like the Friday the 13th which video thing. oh my god that could be a whole other topic honestly Adam and Barbara are recently deceased they were happy to haunt in peace themselves of these pesky pests, they call on the ghost world's leading bio-exorcist. <laughs> it's showtime. Attention, Kmart shoppers. I'm back. You want somebody out of the house, I want to get somebody out of your house. <laughs> but I want out. For good. You two have really screwed up. I want Beetlejuice out of the picture. You guys really are dead. Nightshade's prompts spirits drive to the living. Let now the dead, shall we, come alive. That is why I won't do two shows a night anymore, babe. I won't. 
This is 35 years. And just in time, David, we have news of the... I mean, this is long, long, long. This has been happening supposedly since the 90s itself, but a sequel still. And honestly, I think this is happening because they're they're saying that it's Jenna Ortega, who is the hugest thing right now from Wednesday on Netflix, the new Scream. She is just blowing up everything. And they're kind of saying that she's probably going to be Lydia's daughter in this. So I'm thinking, honestly, because of that success of her in Wednesday as Wednesday Adams, this actually might get made. I hope it does. And honestly, you have to look at it this way. Catherine O'Hara is still riding high on Shit's Creek. Yeah. They're actually talking about maybe redo- like doing some more with that. I don't know if it would be a movie or something. So Catherine O'Hara, definitely, if she's a part of it, that would be phenomenal. She's amazing. I love her. She, she- did want to be part of it still, I heard. So and they should not, and they better not do her dirty. Uh, so Catherine O'Hara and hello, Winona Ryder, Miss Stranger Things. That's the thing. Now she actually plays the mother, David. This is this perfect. perfect. This would be perfect. And you know, I have this horrible joke, and it's funny because I saw. <laughs> Michael Keaton, right? On you know, you know when they do the mean tweets thing when they make the celebrities read the mean tweets? And yes, someone basically I, I, I'm gonna add lib it, but somebody basically said, Someone told me I smile like Michael Keaton, and I wasn't sure if I should be happy or offended. And I just put, and please do not be mad at me, but he can definitely play this again because he's he's older and maybe maybe a little crusty for real. Yo, you're right, and this would be perfect because Beetlejuice would be older and a corpse rots. Although he's a he is a ghost, but you know, in the grotesque kind of well, thing. I but mean, the bottom line is, with the amount of makeup they can put on his face, it's like almost like when you, you now. see Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy is never the same. His, his pizza face is never <laughs> the same. So I think this is perfect. I mean, he's still the he's still got it in him. I wonder if he's still as physical physicality. But Michael Keaton is now playing back batman again in that flash movie like he's playing like the michael keaton tim burton batman like as an old man now and he's still in action i say old man in parentheses i don't know how old he is no i know we're not being ages because i'm older too this is not to be it's perfect because i I think he could still do it especially if he's doing stuff as batman i think so but how would they work alec baldwin and gina davis well let's bring it up now since we're talking about the sequel so the original sequel david didn't include them they had a line about though that they the deetses because the deetses were involved again were used to live in a haunted house with a couple so they're just implied i guess that they stayed in the house but i kind of did love that they kind of had the surrogate daughter with lydia and her she got the parents and that kind of do you, way, do you but... think they would make alec baldwin say you little pig you are a rude But you know what my problem is? I think he is absolutely so handsome in this movie, especially. But I cannot get past the fact that I've always thought Alec Baldwin was a terrible human being. I gotta say, though, like, that's what I thought actually in my head. I actually thought of the the little pig comment. (laughs) That's a retro topic now. And he recently killed somebody, too, but... Yeah, well, (laughs) yeah, and besides that. That was like a la The Crow style, which... that was... That was horrible. 
They weren't involved. But get this. What would you have thought of this plot? And David, this was getting made, by the way. The only reason I'm from what I got was is because Batman Returns came up. But this was going to be filmed with the cast of the original movie, minus, you know, Gina Davis and Alex. So Tim thought it would be funny to match the surfing backdrop of a beach movie with some sort of German ex expressionism you know i said that wrong because they're totally wrong together speaking of that the story follows the deets family moving to hawaii where charles is developing a resort they soon discover that his company building is on a burial grounds of an ancient hawaiian kuhana and please forgive me radical moana (laughs) the spirit comes back from the afterlife to cause trouble and beetlejuice becomes a hero by winning a surf contest with magic keaton and Ryder agreed to do the film and the condition was that Burt directed and then he and Keaton became distracted with Batman Returns. But this is the general plot. Let me tell you, it involves Beetlejuice becoming a somebody else and Lydia falling in love with uh, these Hawaiian tribes man and she was going to get powers to control the water and things like that and make a tsunami come and, and things. So this was going to be like crazy, but what can I say but you're welcome you're welcome (laughs) are they gonna get the rock no um (laughs) but there was gonna be surfing (laughs) um i i'm gonna be honest with you you know like they say in every generation a slayer is born apparently in every generation a horrible (laughs) movie plot that is a (laughs) c There's a sequel is created. No, I I don't. I I mean, I would totally watch it just because of the nostalgia of it. And it may turn out well. You know, at first I forgot when I was watching Beetlejuice with my husband that it was a Tim Burton film. Really? Which is so weird to me, but probably because Helena Christian Bonham Carter Smith Jackson Jones, who I love actually. So I'm just being funny. What did I call her in our news episode? Helen Bottoms. (laughs) Helen Bottoms Carter. (laughs) So that's her. And Johnny Depp and the regulars. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. I well would okay, so let me let me put this because we really are going off. We're jumping the shark here with <laughs> no pun intended because they're at the beach. <laughs> that was the canceled, thankfully, but I hope it doesn't get that. Back on track with the movie itself. I don't know if they redid another Beetlejuice where it was just took place. A, a spooky girl that can see dead people, lives in an old house, that people died from you know, blah blah blah. I don't don't know if that would sell it because i could see them doing trying to do a beetlejuice remake where he's actually evil because you know have to they have to make like you know even with freddy krueger they had to make an uber freddy when they did the failed oh, reboot we don't speak her name that was horrible i liked the chemistry that they had and i would want to see Catherine o'hara back in it because she's well now she i think she has to be because of her popularity he's freaking well she has to say yes to it too when this article was released she said that she was was still wanting to be part of it so would you be okay with watching it if it's happened to this a house that you know like the whole formula over again i would love to see Catherine o'hara reprise her role along with what is it jeffrey jones yes yes however there is stuff that has come to light about his character not yes. his character in the movie but his personal character that i would not be happy to see associated with the franchise per se but i would be okay with them being hip grandparents so to speak that are still well, maybe crazy. Charles died though. Charles could die if that was the case. You know, and he could come back as a Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, my God. 
anyway. You get a Beetlejuice and you get a Beetlejuice. Before we actually start talking about the movie, movie, which is what people are actually trying to listen to when they go to this podcast today, is the fact that this year I saw a lots and lots and lots of Beetlejuice Halloween decor in my local Home Depot's. Yes! The sandworm was like in full effect. So I'm wondering if that's the sandworms a- were coming. <laughs> is that foreshadowing what's to come? Well, honestly, that's actually another thing I was going to bring up at some point. So this is just coming organically. 35 years later, this character, had David, had one movie and a cartoon series. Beetlejuice items, like you just perfectly said, you got that. But also, he was at Universal. I think he probably is still at Universal, but during the 80s and 90s, it was Beetlejuice Halloween. Like he was always on things like that. This character has remained. So it's so strange because on paper, this movie is a strange movie, right? It's like a. Is this movie just a cult classic or did it actually do well in the movie theater? Yes, it was a financial success. It recouped its 15 million budget and was the 10th highest grossing film of 1988. And also critics met with mostly positive reviews. Oh, oh is our favorites involved? Siskel and uh, Ebert, who we, we always bring up. No, I don't see them. I wonder if they're doing screen. reviews where they are right now. Oh, here, David, David. Yes. Robert Ebert gave the film two out of four stars, writing that he would have been more interested if the screenplay had preserved Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis's sweet romanticism and cut back on the slapstick. Okay, I gotta say they have a great charm in this movie, so I could say that, but... But I don't understand what he's saying because... Yeah, there's some slapstick stuff in it, but they still remained loving towards each other, and there was still this romantic. Even when at the very end of the movie, right? Right. I don't know what he's... Shut up. Just shut up. (laughs) I just gasped on air and choked on it. A little of this guy goes a long, long way, and the back half of this movie is absolutely stuffed with his antics. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? You like it? There's plenty more of Beetlejuice in this movie. The film was directed by Tim Burton, the same man who directed Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and you can't fault the inventive art direction or ambition in either film. But in Beetlejuice, it's just too much of a not-very-good thing. I really felt the Michael Keaton character detracted from a rather nice couple played by Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin, and so the very thing that I thought I would enjoy the most, the Ghostbuster, if you will, was the thing that I enjoyed the least. You know, I'm with you on this one, and frankly, I walked into this movie knowing nothing about it. I didn't know it was going to be a Ghostbusters clone. Right. And I liked that relationship between Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin. I thought it was going to be a goofy, silly comedy about this young married couple trying to fix up this crummy house. Maybe uh, kind of a money pit or something. I don't know what I was expecting. Then when all the supernatural stuff hit, I agreed with you. I was sitting looking at the set decorations and saying, gee, that's terrific, the special effects. Boy, they're well done, but so what? Because there's no comic energy behind it. And Beetlejuice is absolutely, I mean, he you use the word obnoxious. He That's is. what it is. It's not funny. It's just there's that guy again. Let's get rid of him. If which this is were, not what I expect yeah. to think about Michael Keaton. No, if this were a comedy act, which is really what it is for about 40 minutes, you would walk out after 10 and say, who needs this? It's not funny. So it's a clearly it's a cult classic, but... I mean, since childhood, which is so funny, David, because this movie horrified me after, especially, I, I remember I could not stand the corpses coming back in the, the bride and groom scene. Oh, the effect was so cool, considering the... the oh, it's gorgeous, I mean. 
but it scared the crap. That's when I got when they shriveled up. It always haunted me. But I loved this and the cartoon. You know what I, we loved, and David used to torment me with. <laughs> Lydia lied to her parents. She lied. lied. The, skeleton, the skeleton in her closet that she had. Those skeletons are telling on you, Beetlejuice. Lydia lied to her parents. Oh! Uh, that one was yours, babes. And it's gonna tell on you. You see, in the neither world, every time you tell a lie, you get a skeleton in your closet. So clearly we love this movie. We love this movie. So let's get into the parts that you loved about it and your favorite part. I'm just going to put it out there. It has to be that glove around her head. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine, Catherine's head. That glove that she just wrapped. It's just like a black (laughs) <laughs> glove are we are we actually going to do this today this podcast as people have already watched this movie or are we actually trying to tell them the the plot and everything i don't know we go back and forth on this show doing this thing in the words of rob we're assuming that you've seen this so movie already the plot the plot is a what i say is the perfect vanilla couple but they're very happy they end up passing away connecticut in connecticut barbara and adam and many years later the house is sold by jane and I called her the real <laughs> realtor biatch because they were living in this house alive when they were alive. And Jane was like, this house is too big. You should have children. And it, it implies that Gina Davis's character could not get pregnant That's, or it was a yeah. sore subject. And that was really pissed me off a little bit because let them live their lives. Hi, Barbara. Hi. I'm glad I caught you. Heard you were on vacation. That's right, Jane. Complete vacation. Honey, today I'm $260,000. No, it's 6.45 in the morning. This offer is real. From a man in New York City who only saw a photograph. Jane, don't send people photos of our house. He wants to bring the wife and family up here for some peace. Why? That's exactly what we're looking for. But Barbara, this house is too big for you. It really ought to be for a couple with a family, you know? Oh, Pumpkin, I didn't mean anything. It's just that, really, this house Jane, is too big. I'll see you in a few weeks, okay? Okay. Right. Think about it. Take care. So anyway, it's a vanilla couple. They end up passing away. A very long time passes, because in the, in the world of afterlife and death, time runs differently, and you see where the deets, deetses are moving in, and their mom, you know, Catherine O'Hara. Just this, this is Delia Dietz. Delia Dietz has a very strong personality. She's a failed sculpturist slash artist slash, but she has very big ideas about what they're going to do to this house. And then much to the, the surprise and the shock to the deceased who live in the house and they cannot escape the house. She basically wants to destroy everything that they f- took to get them where they were. And they have a daughter, Lydia, who is very strange and unusual. <laughs> She says, I myself am strange and unusual to the deceased couple. I myself am strange and unusual. So let's go to some things because I have a, I have just, I really have just a bunch of bullet points. That's what I have too, David. So the, the couple in this movie, this is Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin, like we said, Barbara and Adam, so lovable. I think they had fantastic chemistry. It's so sad the way that they died, David, and the fact that it's on the way back from this run that they did in this charming Connecticut town, by the way. There's something I think that Tim Burton really loves is that 
that I would say fifties throwback kind of thing. Like he does this a lot, even like in Edward Scissorhands, these like ideal neighborhoods, like you know, like a throwback. Yeah, it feels like per- either perfect Norman Rockwell or like Stepford Wives or yeah. like very. <laughs> very compartmentalized what what appears to people what people think or what is sold to them as perfection meanwhile they don't realize it's all cookie cutter and the same stuff i think that's what he likes to do i think he likes to turn people on their on their heads like he wants to switch it up he wants people to see this perfect norman rockwell setup and then flip it so i i mean i listen i love tim burton in many ways like a lot of his films so i mean he's got my vote as far as but he definitely has a style. The funny thing about this is it, it is a success and it's a, I mean, it is a cult classic. By the way, they have a Broadway show that has done phenomenal. I think it was a hit on its own. All I hear is this has taken over. Can I just tell you a side note? You know how people say that we're in, like, we're either in the Matrix or what yeah. is the Mandela effect? So let yeah. me tell you something. I, I don't know, was I don't know if it was last year or the year before, I flew back when I flew, it must have been last year. So when I flew back to New York to visit you guys, I got off the plane and the first thing I saw was one, the musical Beetlejuice, like plastered everywhere in JFK. And then on top of that, I saw Love and the Iron Man movie, Love and, oh my God, people are going to shoot me for not knowing the name of the movie. It's Love and Rock or whatever. What is it called? Oh, Love and Thunder. Love and Love Thunder. And Thunder. Can I just tell you that I literally, maybe, maybe it was just traveling with my kids. Maybe it was because I got up at three o'clock morning or maybe i was just like what i really thought that there was some kind of mandela effect because i could not comprehend that thor was now jane was now was was she was thor and that's oh, and i was geez. like what is going on here and then i see Be- beetlejuice the musical and i'm like i know they turn everything into musicals like i know there was even a silence of the lambs off broadway musical but i was like it took me a second because i looked oh, and i yeah. felt like and it was a long flight <laughs> I was like, uh, where am I? Should I be looking at like a box of Fruit Loops to see if it actually says, instead of Fruit Loops, Fruit Roots or something, and it's instead of Toucan, it's something else. I was like freaked out for a good moment. I'm just going <laughs> to say, I don't know if it sounds weird to any of our listeners, but at first, sleep deprivation oh. was my big thing, apparently. And just getting off the plane, I was like, this is not right. How is she <laughs> Thor? I said, this is a comedy. I said, how can Thor be a comedy? <laughs> oh, because it does, yeah, it was... <laughs> I'm so glad I brought up the musical just to hear that. I think I have to make a clip of this. Going off a plane in a random way. <laughs> so, wait, Thor is a woman in this universe. <laughs> I was like, wait, did I go into some kind of time portal or something? And you're like, you know? Natalie Portman, okay, makes sense. <laughs> Somehow. I was just like, and then I had just seen a, um, a spoiler recap of a movie about time things. And I was just like, did that just happen to me? Oh my God, that was amazing. Okay, so... Anyway. Beetlejuice. We probably said his name three times by now. By the way, only about 18 minutes of screen time. And he comes about 20, 25 minutes or more into the movie. So it's done very well, I think, in that aspect. Because yeah. by the end, you kind of feel like he is a big part of it. Yeah. So I wrote, first of all, when they were killed, the dog did them in. The dog scared them and made them hit, turn and hit over the bridge. And then the dog was like it was like a comedy thing the dog was 
was standing, balancing their car, and the dog jumped off of this plank, which made them plummet into, which seemed to be a very short, a very small yeah. plummet, and which didn't think that they would get killed. However. That's what I was going to ask you. Because they could, it didn't like, yeah, it didn't go fast. And I feel like unless they were knocked out, they could have taken the seatbelts off. They don't tell you until then. But yeah, the, poor, the dog is adorable. I just, I just put the dog did him in. And then I, of course, ragged on Jane. The other thing I said was, always have loved the handbook for the recently deceased. I love that as well. But I had a question for you. How is it that Lydia and everyone, like, how can other people who are not deceased pick it up? And touch it. Well, I read through that handbook for the recently deceased. It says, live people ignore the strange and unusual. It's one of those continuity things, I guess. So the, the, the handbook for the recently deceased was presented on the table. They didn't even... T- this is what I'm, this is this is what kind of gets me. Apparently, life and death is about the same thing. Nobody explains anything to you. You have to go through things. You have to suffer. <laughs> And they people will just throw something at you. It's like starting a new job. Like I remember starting a new job, and the manager just threw the keys at me and said, "Good luck," and walked oh away. Oh my god, that is another story. Yeah, that's <gasps> a whole nother. That's a whole nother thing with the crazy radical ones. Make me remember for David to tell that story. <laughs> with the Gina G songs. and <laughs> Yeah, I gotta put the song in everything. It's a whole thing. So anyway, so you have this handbook for the recently deceased, which reads like Ikea instructions, <laughs> furniture instructions, and they don't get it. And honestly, I would probably not read it myself because one, they were still reeling from the fact that they were dead. They said they were cold. They put their hand towards a fire, which was already oh, yeah. lit in their house. And the yeah, hand which I would have said, mm, what happened here, Adam? You come to coming to this realization and then there's a part, there's a part when they try to leave the house at some point and they realize that they're the sandworm it's like the desert of time or whatever and she goes is this heaven and i said i wrote there wouldn't be dust on everything but that's just me that's i mean that's that's the truth you probably haven't even read the book you don't have an appointment do you well we didn't know how to make one appointment for what what do you want we need some help already we just bit the big one two months ago and you want help Two months, what does that have to do with anything? You're going to use up all your health vouchers. D-90s. You spend 125 years on Earth, actually in that house, during which you get only three Class 1 D-90 intercessions with Juno. You probably haven't even read through the manual completely yet. You'll have to wait if you don't have an appointment. An appointment with who? For Juno, your caseworker. The whole netherworld waiting room is a huge part, right? I'm sure you have. It's the MVD or the DMV, depending on where you live. Mostly people Uh in the United States, it's called the DMV, Department of Motor Vehicle. It's basically going into a social security office here in the States or a, a, a motor vehicle department or any place that you have to deal with a government that does ridiculous things that you have like to wait forever to get anything done for like an answer, yes or no question. You have to wait online for like three hours. So basically this is the... They read in the book that if you need help, you can draw a door and knock on it three times. So they go through the door. They meet their caseworker, Juno. (laughs) Juno, your caseworker. (laughs) And then you go, then they have this thing like, and she's like, this is what happens when you die. And the woman who's working at the counter is like, this is what happens when he dies. This is what happens when she dies. This is what happened when I died. And apparently she committed suicide. She said, if I didn't, if I'd known, I wouldn't have had my little accident. And then she holds up her wrist and everyone laughs. But you see people as they, what happened to them piles goes over to the afterlife. This is what happens when you die. That is what happens when he dies. And that is what happens when they die. 
It's all very personal. And I'll tell you something. If I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have had my little accident. <laughs> So I had a question for you about this. Which is horrifying, by the way, if you're run over. Well, how did the Dietz's, I mean, how did, um, how did Barbara Maitland's? and Adam Maitland's? How did they die that they were preserved and perfect? They should be wet, right? And drippy. Or blue or whatever. Or did they suffocate? Or maybe they snapped their necks. I don't know. Anyway, but I wonder, this is my question to you. Do you think the people in it's the world were the reason why they're there? One is because they something ha- horrible happened to them or they did something. They were terrible people and this thing happened to them. Because it's almost Ooh. like the Adam and Barbara did not belong, even though they had a caseworker. Juno. Could it be that these people are the ones that... Because didn't she say you have a hundred and something, nineteen years to haunt or something? So maybe these people are full time, and then when you fully cross over. But I like to think it's what you're saying, David, that they're just sweeter and they're very kind, and they didn't belong in. Well, this, my but... thing is, is when we inevitably all pass away. Not to sound grim, but if you know, if you believe in a hereafter in any way, I personally do. I don't want to be seen as um, roadkill on the side. Of the I want to be seen like when I was like twenty eight or thirty two, or you know, young and well, a. Men. By the way, the character work is fantastic. Like that is the highlight. That scene of all like the the huntsman with the sh- the shrunken head guy that I always loved. So why is it that you have to work when you're dead? Because I think she has to work because she committed suicide and that's her punishment. So these that's are the we- okay. So these are like the be- like when you, you said these are suicide in this world. I think you become a civil servant to the dead. Oh my god, that's terrible. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but that's kind of the vibe I always got. But we were, we were, our religion, we were raised to believe that if you committed suicide, that you were damned in some way, Uh, which I don't necessarily believe, but I, and I'm not putting it out there. We're not, we're not, we're not plugging any religion or any politics or anything here, but could see where that in my mind as a younger person would have come from. And what about the man on the, the roadkill guy? Like, why does he have to work? And the skeletons. Why do they? Why does anyone have to work when they're dead? <laughs> they got you coming and they got you going. Evidently, but Juno, that character is fantastic, and she's got like only a few appearances, but she is just like a highlight of the movie with the cigarette and the and the smoke that comes out of her throat. How long do you suppose we were waiting there? Three months. I'd almost given up on you. I was about to leave. I do have other clients. Are you Juno, our caseworker? Yes, I evaluate individual cases and determine if help is needed, deserved, and available. Are you available? No. What's wrong? We're very unhappy. What did you expect? You're dead. We want to get rid of the people who have moved in here. Barbara and I worked very hard on this house. We probably wouldn't mind sharing the house with people who were... More like you used to be. Yes. But these people... Things seem pretty quiet here. You should thank God you didn't die in Italy. Cadizas. Okay, have you been studying the manual? Well, we tried. The intermediate interface chapter on haunting says it all. Get them out yourselves. It's your house. Haunted houses aren't easy to come by. Well, we don't quite get it. I heard. Tore your faces right off. It obviously doesn't do any good to pull your heads off in front of people if they can't see you. We should start more simply, is that Start simply. Do what you know. Use your talents. Practice. 
You should have been studying those lessons since day one. Oh, I've got to go. What about that guy in the flyer, you know, Beetle? Shit. Don't even say his name. You don't want his help. Well... We might. No, you don't. He does not work well with others. What do you mean? I didn't want to bring it up. But rather than have you stumble onto it and make another mistake, I'll tell you. He was my assistant. But he was a troublemaker. He went out on his own as a freelance bio-exorcist. Claimed he could get rid of the living. He got into more trouble. In fact, I believe he's been sleezing around your cemetery lately. The only way he can be brought back is by calling his name three times. But I strongly suggest that you remove the Dietzes yourselves. Well, how do we contact you if we need you again? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So they go to see their caseworker. They have like a number of one million, billion, thousand, whatever it is. They finally see her. She takes them back to their house, which they they don't even recognize because in the meantime, Otho, (laughs) Otho, I call call him a really nasty name, but an H-O, I can't even say it. He's a, he's a Mo Biatch. Because I can't, I, I mean, I like his character, but he's kind of mean spirited. He's a, he's a sassy, down air sassy, just a biatch. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to bring up, they, so they, Juno takes them back. Basically they say they're not happy with their afterlife because the people, and she says your ghost basically haunt them. Use your talents, haunt them, whatever. So I wanted to add something because when, <laughs> when they're going through the house, the Delia is going through the house with Otho. She's spray painting all the walls. She's like taking it down. She goes, look, an indoor outhouse. Then she says, then she says, deliver me from L.L. Bean. (laughs) And you see the father's like, can we not do anything with this room, this study? He's coming up to Connecticut to enjoy the wildlife, to be out of the city. and So I thought that was really funny. What is that other thing, that your famous quote that you love, that when she's telling the husband with Ortho? Oh my god. I can't even say it because I'm going to get hysterical, so just say it because I'll just start pissing. I can't, I can't. I can't even get it out. I'm going to start coughing. it's, it's, I can't, I don't know a quote, but it's, if you do not let me do, like, be creative, I will go crazy, and I will take you with me! Like that kind of a thing. Oh, honey, this is not working out at Charles, all. Charles, I will not stop living and breathing art just because you need to relax. Ha. I'm here with you. I will live with you in this hellhole, but I must express myself. If you don't let me gut out this house and make it my own, I will go insane, and I will take you with me! I, but, uh, 
Oh my god, I can't even do it justice. She Am is I crazy. I love her. This is the first time as I, I can't tell you how many time radical ones I've seen this movie over the years. I got the idea that Lydia might be is that her that's not her stepdaughter, right? Did they mention that? I don't know. I almost got this time that she really wanted nothing to do with Charles. Like in the cartoon, they made them all really like more lovable, like a family and everything like that. This one is like she really can't stand Charles, I don't think. She just wants to be with in her fashion, high-end, I'm an artist with my my sassy ortho. Not ortho. That's the <laughs> one with the that's the one that killed bugs and and weed killer that they're suing now. It's Otho, not Ortho. Orthopedics! Okay. Ortho. <laughs> So they come up with a plan. They said that they can't be seen, so they use sheets. And they're going around, going, and Lydia gets a hold. I love that. And she starts taking the Polaroids of them and the pictures are flashing and she's like, and she's finally picking them up. She's like, she thinks they're having some kind of kinky sex thing. Like they're <laughs> wailing and, and she's like, what is going on? She goes, if you're going to do that stuff, you need to do it in your bedroom, basically. Cut it out! A child, for God's sakes. And then she realizes they're floating. Then she comes to the realization that they are ghosts. And then she's curious. She's like, are you Night of the Living Dead under That's, there? I love that. Under the sheets. Yep. What do you look like under there? Aren't you scared? I'm not scared of sheets. Are you gross under there? Are you Night of the Living Dead under there? Like all bloody veins and pus? Night of the what? Living Dead. It's a movie. You know, if I had seen a ghost at your age, I would have been scared out of my wits. You're not gross. Why are you wearing sheets? And then she realizes that she can see them. And that's where the kind of the quote about I myself am strange and unusual comes from. You know, Winona Ryder played this fantastically. She likes the the ghost. She finds it intriguing because she likes death. I think that she almost romanticizes it. She's like God, sort of. And uh, like dark is black what I wear on the outside because black is how I feel on the inside. She basically tells them if she, they never walk away from equity or something like ne- never walk away from equity. So you you better come up with a new another act besides cutting holes in expensive five hundred dollar sheets. At one point, Delia's in the kitchen trying to toss a salad, and she has like this red top on with these pants. Get this. The pants are made out of Charles's sweater from earlier, and she just turned them upside down. Okay. Like, that's one of her outfits that she made. Like, so that's why I, and the glove earlier is just fantastic, too. But I don't know if she was making the salad for, is that the, di- the first dinner with the shrimp? Which, by the way, is terrifying. But I could tell you from five miles away that those, those are the, the biggest shrimp or those were going to be shrimp fingers. <laughs> like that was going to be a creature. I'm actually extremely, extremely, extremely off the charts allergic to shrimp, but I've eaten it my whole life. So this is funny because I found out years ago that I was allergic to shrimp and it, so it must run in the family. And yeah, I've, I was eating it up until then too. Lobster people at Red Lobster, baby. The last time I had shrimp, honestly, was this was a few years ago at this point before I knew and i made beverly goldberg's shrimp parmesan for a premiere of the the goldbergs one day a season premiere i'll never be the same again that night was a night of horror but not because of beverly goldberg's recipe it was, <laughs> it was because i evidently was gotten to the height of my shrimp allergy 
Uh, well, say no more. Say no more. <laughs> so, yeah, but Beetlejuice. Oh, there we go. There's the third. He's here. The snake. No, oh, what snake, you kids, in your imagination? Just say it. So in the meantime, Beetlejuice is basically senses that they are really unhappy. And he, what he touts himself as being is a bio-exorcist. He can scare <laughs> people out of your dwelling. That's, I guess, that's his ticket. But he needs, to, you need to say his name three times. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Great Although set, by the way. Beetlegeist, why the thing said Beetlegeist, Beetlegeist, Beetlegeist. I, you know, I knew this at one point, and I totally forgot why. But, yeah, and it's supposed to be evidently separate, but the, the DVDs and the VHS tapes, and someone on IMDb put it as one word so it is supposed to be beetle juice but the spelling i don't know that i always thought it was almost like beetle geist was his real last name because isn't that on the coffin which yeah, by the yeah. way that scene and the ambiance as i love to say the finger pointing like the the light coming yeah. down into the tomb and things like that i, I just love that whole scene i love the the fly coming up for the what was it new help me zagnut candy bar for the <laughs> and he eats he must eat the fly this is a point where they're thinking about it because he actually uh, possesses their tv to say that he'll he'll possess himself he'll do anything to get your business he'll do this he'll do that <laughs> what are your qualifications ah well i attended juilliard i'm a graduate of the harvard business school i travel quite extensively i lived through the black plague and i had a pretty good time during that i've seen the exorcist about 167 times and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now what do you think? You think I'm qualified? At some point, because they're getting frustrated, at some point... Because they're trying to scare the family and... They're either not believing it, and then after they do the finger thing, they they try the finger thing, but it doesn't work. But no, they already knew there was paranormal activity going on. That's different. I believe. Oh, that's right. Contact Beetlejuice, and then he immediately. Well, first of all, they go down to this model. So the the, the husband created a whole model of the town, beautiful. which which Charles really likes. It's up in the. It's up. It's lit up. It's beautiful. They really like it in the attic in the attic and Beetlejuice is kind of staying hanging around the cemetery and, and whatever in there in this model of the town they end up calling Beetle doing it because they're just tired of it and Juno says not to not to get involved with him yeah I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss Ryan I don't know which two comes one comes before because there's a point where she they call Beetlejuice but they don't like what he's done when is and they, she says it really quickly three times and they she gets out of the graveyard right they get told home 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 yeah because she doesn't like that she's down there in the and in she's the talking about Lydia and he's and she's saying I don't want to expose that chi- that child to that pervert he is honestly he, yeah disgusting. he's a pervert he's a he's a, a dead sexual predator did dare I say so basically at that point then they decide to come up with this this funny plot the Dietzes have contacted some well-to-do Hart- Delia's agent and somebody that works or somebody he charles has worked for or whatever like they're very rich people they're into the paranormal yes also in the meantime finds the book of the uh that's what i don't understand they should not be able to see that book and who is that speaking of i don't before i forget speaking of ortho as i called him (laughs) i know just as much about the supernatural as i do about interior design Uh, or whatever no wait it is ortho it's otho 
Otho, Otho, who was who was the braided girl to him? I don't know, but they seem to not hate each him. other. Like they used to date, and he she found out he was gay or something, and and he was dating her or something. Because doesn't she say like something like, "Oh, that's more your t-? I don't know. She says something like sassy about that. Paranormal is that what they're calling your kind these days? Don't mind her. She's still upset because somebody dropped a house on her sister. Braided girl, I'm calling her braided woman. Braided woman, <laughs> wait on me. Braided woman. So while we're in that scene, by the way, for a PG movie, Beetlejuice says "nice effing models" to Adam. How did and we over a tree? I remember actively watching this movie continuously as a kid. So listen, I I sometimes notice it like when I'm listening. If in some reason, if I put on the radio or like satellite radio and something, and I don't realize that they put on all the graphic stuff, even stuff that's like that's too too much, too much. I looked over to my left. They don't they don't necessarily catch everything, so but yeah, it's not something you wanna necessarily have around them all the time. But But PG you would never this had to have happened before something because I he said nice effing model. So they don't they decide that Beetlejuice is too perverted and unsafe to be around Lydia. So they decide they're going to use their talents because remember we that Juno, their caseworker, <laughs> told them to to use their talents. You go on the detail, get them out yourself. Yeah. And she wanted to see what they had. And and Adam stretches the face and Barbara. What does she But then do? Lydia sees them. She gets scared. And, she, and then Barbara puts her face back. She's like, it's just us, Lydia. And don't worry. Don't worry. She doesn't want to hurt this girl. They're really, their heart has gone out for her because they see that she's hurting. They see that her family, well, the father's probably nice, but. Oh, so, okay. You, this is where we messed up. Not really. You, you got it right. So there's a scene, which is probably one of the most famous scenes of the movie, where the Dietzes and their friends and Otho are, are all... And brave girl. <laughs> ...possessed by Barbara and Adam, and they do it to... Harry Bonafonte, right? Yeah, Harry Belafonte. Deo, deo, deo. Two songs from him. You wanna go home? Live six foot, seven foot, eight foot, bunch! So they do that, and they're dancing, and they're forcing them to dance around the table, and all these funny things, and gyrating, and they're <laughs> forcing them gyrating. to like doing like an '80s twerk. They have their butts shaking and, and facing the table, and shaking their you know goodies. My goodies, my goodies, my goodies, not my goodies. They really are twerking before twerking. <laughs> And then there's a part where there are very large shrimps that are... They are horrified. They're disgusting looking. Who's going to eat those shrimps? And then all of a sudden they get thrown. The shrimps come out like shrimp hands and grab them by the faces and then throw them back. And then and then you hear like almost like a little gremlin laughing at the end. <laughs> It could have been hard, more horrifying. It could have been the wedding dress scene, but this would have gotten me enough. The hand that came out, no. So then the Dietz's mess, they, basically Beetlejuice is laughing about them, and he goes, now it's my turn, right? <gasps> the snake, yes. And that's when he turns the banister into a snake. He does some, he's like t- trying to go near Lydia, and then they, Gina Davis does the Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice to bring him, get him back to where he, you know, he should be. And by the way, the score of this movie, the whole thing, I mean, the Danny Elfman theme that is iconic, you know, it's 
it's another Halloween staple. You'll hear that around around Halloween time, which you know we love around here. I just have to throw this random fact to you. You'll never believe this. Maybe you will. Tim wanted Sammy Davis Jr. as Beetlejuice. Really? And I looked this up. Two different places said this. And then the studio recommended Michael Keaton. Thankfully, nothing against Sammy Davis Jr., but I can't even... Hey, hey, babe. Say my name. I love Sammy Davis Jr., but I don't see him as Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, of all things? I mean, he would have been charming, but... The funny part is, <laughs> is recently there has been some pushback on Tim Burton because of he is very stuck in oh yeah like, like casting and yeah. his thing was i just like really pale people oh is that what he said basically that's why he does it he said he only like because they, they look dead like they want he wants i guess he wants them to all look melancholy and sick so he's thinking the whiter the more sickly looking you are the better for my movies it's like sweeney todd and like well honestly he he does have that look even in that what's that corpse's bride that you like that one right he likes the gaunt white death <laughs> perfect for me david i'm pale and the dark circles i should ask tim i should ask tim to cast me in beetlejuice too maybe we'll get some help on this we could be podcasting and beetlejuice can come up and <laughs> it sexually assault us but this started michael keaton and tim burton's batman batman returns And Michael Keaton does love the role, so I, I think he he really brings a lot of, again, for, what did I say? 18 minutes of screen time about, I'm not just going to say it's Beetlejuice alone. It, of course, people really gravitated towards Lydia, too. I mean, Lydia is, a, is an icon for people. And then there's the chemistry of Gina Davis and, you know, what's his name? <laughs> Alec Baldwin. So, I mean, it's a fun movie. What did I oh, write? Where Otho has been, has obviously been reading the handbook for the deceased. Oh, yeah. And you also find out that Lydia at some point has read it and she can understand it. So Otho, they apparently had that at some point, especially in the very beginning when the Dietz's were going into the house, they had seen that, that they had their wedding clothing, wedding dress and oh. stuff. Plastic. And they made fun of it, of course. Oh, Ozzy and Harriet. Otho gets that out to conjure them because they don't want to come down. This is the scary part, y'all. So did I mess that up with the Beetlejuice thing? You see, I no, because he does do this. Doesn't he do the sandworm thing it's again? Early, it's early in the, very early in the morning at a very bizarre time, and I'm very tired and not feeling well. But and Ortho ain't cutting it. Ortho, there's a mix of it. There's a mix of it because he does the the big attack at the end too. They're floating in the air and they're they're horrifying. They're shriveling up and they're they're holding hands and then the ring falls off. And Lydia, Beetlejuice basically makes a deal with her that he needs to get married in order to basically be freed from his confines of having to say his name. And she says, and she wants to save her friends. I think she's so 15 she too, by the way. She says, his name, she says his name three times and he comes out and then he starts this very whimsical thing. First of all, you, you know that having watched the movie that the, Dietz is Charles is selling this as they want to do like an institute for the paranormal, make a raw like like a Disneyland of some kind there or something. <laughs> I guess that's what he does in Hawaii after this. That's what happens in the in this in the. Well, there's some funny season. parts where where the investor or whatever the the guy that Charles is talking to. Then you see Delia's managers like I've been losing money on your stuff for years. 
you're horrible, basically. I'm getting a cut of this because they're all sold on this. They were possessed. They did the musical number. They saw some scary stuff. So Beetlejuice basically becomes like a like a a, a carousel with bat ears by the way two years before the batman and batman returns and he becomes like this thing with big arms and he spins around and then he puts lydia in this bride's outfit it becomes that lydia's iconic red dress and then the, in the cartoon of course they had her with a, a similar red i would call it more of a red poncho though in the cartoon with so with the yeah but then it turns into a spiderweb poncho. Yeah, sort of. yeah. He does help the Dietzes. I mean, he does help Adam Barber, the Maitlands. Maitlands? Maitland. Maitlands, yep. And they start to regenerate. And then you get the part where they're trying to say his name three times to get rid of him. So the first thing that happens is Adam says, right, Beetlejuice. And his jaw falls off and Beetlejuice is trying to stomp on it and kick it. <laughs> then you have... Gina Davis's character, Barbara, who says Beetlejuice once and Beetlejuice does something to her and puts a zipper on her mouth. She says it again. And then he like gets really pissed off and he basically welds her mouth shut with like rivets and a piece of metal, which is horrifying. And then he traps Lydia. The, the, the wall opens up to a very large angular arch sort of a thing off to yes. the side. Very angular. Some, some sort of preacher there. That's like a big head and a little body. <laughs> And yeah. then he grabs Lydia, he grabs the parents, and basically is, like, trying to stop, you know, get married. Lydia tries to say Beetlejuice, but then he covers her mouth with his gross hand, and she's like... And she he's mouthing what she's supposed to be saying. I love that In man. her voice, he's yep. Amazing, I want to marry him. It says, so Ortho unwillingly performs an exorcism instead of because he wanted to conjure them originally. And then the Dietzes and the and Matt and the Metlins agree to live in harmony within the house. Beetlejuice is stuck in the afterlife waiting room. He stole a number ticket from the witch doctor who shrinks his head, which I that's a which also, by the way, was added after test screenings, they said wanted a little more Beetlejuice because he was in a little. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. He said, Ooh ee, ooh ah ah. Ching chang, what a what a bing bang. Are you a ghost too? I'm the ghost with the most, babe. Okay, so I would describe this as a strange, fun, scary, offbeat, but really amazing film. It's a highlight, honestly. I always do like to catch it, especially around Halloween, because you know it's going to be on ABC, Fox, Family, whatever, Freeform, whatever it's called now, Family, 31 Days of Halloween. Oh, yes. My form for me, because I had to rent it to buy it. Meanwhile, I have it on DVD, but I my DVDs are buried. Oh, well, now my DVDs are now with David's, too. Speak of the devil. Just remember, every Thursday will be a new episode. It came from David's house, starring <laughs> me, David, everyone's favorite brother. Forget Ryan. I just have I to learn. So. How, I just have to learn how to do all of the podcasting, the Zen, the the ZenCaster or whatever we use to film, record, and edit. I have to learn all of those, and then it'll just be me. And then you could just open a box like today's boxes. We don't know. <laughs> Oh my god, don't show that on camera, Ryan. Why did you send that to me? That should have been marked. Well there, look, we got we got big plans in in the new year to come. 
So I'm so glad we were able to communicate with Rob and bring him here. We have summoned him. Rob, this is the 35th anniversary Beetlejuice celebration that we were we were doing for this week. I know that Tim Burton movies, as well as Beetlejuice, is one of those films that you really love. Yeah, this movie definitely is a milestone for me. This was the first movie that I ever recorded on a VHS tape. It was the, oh God, what were the the letters? Wasn't it SP, LP, and EP or something? <laughs> Extended play, yeah, long play. Long play. <laughs> so the SP, I believe, was the shortest, or I guess you could say the longest, because it covered a two-hour VHS tape with just one movie. That's what I did. And then I discovered EP, and I was like, okay, I'm going to record a lot. But yeah, Vito just was the first movie I've ever recorded on VHS, and I made that quite the hobby when when I was a teen. And then when I had my first podcast, uh, a movie podcast, that was the first movie I reviewed. So yes, I have a history with this. This is a, a, a very good movie that introduced me to my love of supernatural, love of horror, and love of Tim Burton. So like all of it, like this movie is definitely something that is perfection for me. And I definitely rewatched it and reviewed it and gave it a full five. Like this movie has not lost a beat. And I did hear the Roger and Ebert, uh, Roger and Ebert, Jesus. I did hear the (laughs) Crystal and Ebert review. And, you know, they just have a certain way of looking at film different than mine. And I'm sorry, this movie gave me everything. What I noticed big in this this rewatch was that there was such a short amount of time that the literal character of Beetlejuice actually right. showed up. He did yes. not show up until the end. And so the movie has this sort of tone about the contrast between ghosts and living humans and how they cohabitate. And then you throw in all this supernatural goofiness and it's just a completely different movie. So I do see that. However, love it. That's what I was waiting for. Bring it on. Keep bringing all of that stuff. But it does do a shift. And I guess it just really depends on the type of, um, you know, movie watcher and the type of movie that they want. I'm so glad you brought them up, Rob, because hearing that review, did you notice they kept referring it to as the ghost? Ghostbusters, like, it has nothing to do with, they kept comparing it to Ghostbusters, and I'm like, I guess? I guess it was one of those movies that was so creative that it just, yeah, didn't strike, but they never like anything. So I will say this, uh, shout out to Danny Elfman for a fantastic soundtrack and score. I think he is genius. I still, to this day, listen to his music as well as the soundtrack on my phone when I'm commuting. Uh, I fell in love with his work uh, immediately afterwards and slowly just like Danny Elfman is just my favorite, you know, composer. But it all started from this movie. Also, Tim Burton on creating such a wonderful character out of thin air. This is not based on anything. This is out of his like crazy mind of his. And uh, the name, we don't even know its origin. Like I tried to look it up. There's nothing that suggests why he's called this at all. And I just love the creativity. And was that his name when he was alive? Things like that. What kind of human was he versus him being a ghost right now? Was he just that wacky? There was this taxi driver sort of motif outfit he was wearing. I don't know if he was a driver before. 
That's a great point, Rob, because that did stand out. And that's they even made like an action figure of that look. So I wonder if that is a callback to his life. Uh, But this is where it all started, honestly. And I owned a T-shirt from Hot Topic. And the (laughs) T-shirt was basically the book cover of the handbook of the recently just you know deceased so So, yeah it was just uh that same color uh shirt um from the book and then it just had the logo up front so i had that and i did watch the cartoon but i did not watch it fully and i don't even really have much memory of it either if i watched it right now it would be a total mind blown but uh yeah i think that's pretty much it i never played the video game sometimes i'll dress like adam at work i have the khakis and the (laughs) black and white checkered shirt all ready to go so sometimes i'll look like him at the end of the day is there a specific side character besides the main you know the core of the couple beetlejuice lydia i have a few words about jane i i really want butterfield inside her head and figure out what is going on with her she was (laughs) such a menace in the beginning and it just annoyed me was she related to barbara I don't think so. She was just terrible. I mean, she it just feels like she was renting the house from them. Or she, yeah, she was rent, she was renting the house from Barbara, but I thought that they were related. I, she just knew too much about them. And to be so forward about like, oh, this house should be for a family, not for just a couple. Like that just I know she's trying to upsell and whatnot. They were probably going to be there till they died. But I just how she was trying to sell this house just does that doesn't want to be sold. I just think it's wild. But I think she arranged for the two of them to be killed. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say I think she planted that dog and she did exactly like I have other movies that I can reference this where they use pets to try and get people to go (laughs) off the road. I think this was totally (laughs) planned. Also, the timing of when she was talking to Barbara and then she immediately just shows up at the Mm -hmm. basement because you could already see her silhouette. And then it looks like that Barbara is like walking away after shutting the door. I'm like, how did you get to this spot so quickly? But that's just a whatever. It seems like they were hinting that Barbara couldn't have children. I believe David mentioned that. So I'm kind of on the same boat. They said they wanted to try again. So maybe they just haven't really made the official step to have kids, or maybe there's been some kind of mental block to where they felt like it wasn't the right time. But she had this look on her face like she's tried and maybe miscarried or something like that. So that's kind of the vibe that I got. But I immediately thought that that this was murder watching it again. And Here's the thing. I looked online and someone actually had the same thought process as me. There's a full video of why they think that Jane targeted and broke their um, brake line to the car. Because like when they swerve, like that's a natural reaction. But what stopped them from using the brake? Nothing stopped them. But here's the thing. The the video also talked about throughout the entire time that they were visiting his store and coming back, they had to have stopped at some point. Maybe if you push on the brake with just a little bit of pressure, it doesn't necessarily break to, or to the point of the bridge where you really needed it and then it just broke. I don't know, but that was sort of their theory. But I think she totally set up that entire thing. And um, watching it now, I don't know why they didn't try to 
escape, that windows was open, every opportunity for one of them to live. I, I don't know if if something was like lodged, like I don't know if her arm was just locked. Cause she mentioned that particularly her arm was frozen. So I don't know if it was lodged oh. under something and she couldn't leave and Adam wasn't gonna leave her head trauma, whatever the case may be. Oh, uh, I'm smart. not sure. Not that sure. explains it. Because one of my questions was going to be to you, how do you think they died? So, and yeah, whose dog is that? I mean, to answer your question, I think a lot of the side characters are great. For me, it was just more of just really watching the dynamic of these two different types of families just meshing together. I find it really interesting watching the compatibility that is Adam and Barbara. They clearly have just this, I don't want to say one note, but just a very perfect note relationship where they just seem to mesh well on a lot of things. They have a lot of, they agree on, and they have like similar interests and hobbies and they encourage one of the other. Like they both just like having staycations and they don't really travel that much. And they like their very old school motif of how they design their house. And very they, old school. Yes. Yeah, they support their hobbies. They're each other's hobbies. And you know, they own a store together. Like they love just being with one another. And I love that. And then we get this other couple, which is Delia and <sighs> Charles. I find so interesting when you're watching a couple that sort of is intertwined and they kind of like got it together versus another couple who are so different from each other, but still manage to spend their life together. Right. Which couple would most people thrive to be? More of the agree on everything or like date someone opposite of you or because they are opposites, are they truly in love or are they in it for the... Uh, for like other reasons so like do you want to be with somebody who's exactly like you and just agrees on everything and everything just meshes well or do you like the contrast and like the challenge or the fun of just dating somebody different than you i think a little bit of both actually i mean that sounds like a cop-out it is a cop-out ryan you want it you <laughs> you want to be able to agree on like I would say basic thing for the majority. Like no one wants to be like the whole entire time, unless you're one of that relationships where you have like wise cracky, like continuous mm -hmm. to each other. But I wouldn't want what Delia and Charles has either, because that's horrifying. I think <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, for me, I, while Adam and Barbara are like, I don't know if their relationship goals, I think it's fascinating that they, found each other because they seem to be alike a lot but to me i would find their relationship just a little bit too stale because because nobody is bringing anything new to the table like it just they're just so content and i for one would just like more of like something that's not in my world like i need a little bit of a mix a simple life i mean that sounds I guess a cliche, so. but like a, a simpler life is what they stro strove for. But here's the thing about Dilly and Charles, because I heard you guys talking about them and you <laughs> seem to have this sort of thing against Delia as if she's like a villain or using Charles. I don't, I don't know. You didn't really get <laughs> into it, but there was a tone with you that suggested that Delia is like, yeah, using him for money. I don't know what it is. I honestly do. I, I watched Delia and I thought that Catherine O'Hara's character was really doing the best that she could coming into a family that lost a mom. She never 
talk down to Lydia. She never was like, you need to go to boarding school or get out of my face. And he's my That's husband. true. She, that cliche. She has always tried to include Lydia. Lydia is the one that does not like her. And while you have Charles, who is just more relaxed, more calm and, and just chill, that is on him for choosing to marry a woman who is as eccentric as as Delia. Now, Charles can give the face and be all angry at her, but nothing is stopping him from leaving her. She is literally like a city girl. She's into arts. She's a little bit waspy. And she married a man who really isn't a part of that world. He definitely is a businessman. But like she always was standing by him, backed him up when Max came to dinner and all, you know, when her, you know, when her agent came and everything, like she was always like, oh, Charles, like my husband's handling business. He's getting shit together. I always took that as her, like, you know, just wanting the money. But I've now you're making me see no, a whole I, other side of her. Delia always included Lydia at dinner and she, you know, maybe firm in what she's doing, but she's never been like wicked stepmother to me. She's always tried Thank to. God, yeah. She was like, I came to this podunk town and left my city and my life to live with you and let me just do whatever I want to this freaking house. Can we compromise? She literally upright left. Like, come on. Like, we should not be attacking Delia. She did not do anything wrong. <laughs> that is on Lydia and Charles. Yeah, they need to leave her alone. So for me, that's that's the only thing I just kind of want to like. <laughs> but... I thought that uh, Juno was a very interesting character. I would love to see her origin. And it was also great to hear some of the rules of afterlife. The fact that when you die, you are sentenced to your home for however many years. It varies. And it seemed that Adam and Barbara had to go through 125 years in the house before actually moving on. And I just thought that was wild. And so you get a caseworker to help you go through that. But how shitty is this? This is what I wrote. I said, said, you can tell that the underworld or the afterlife is American made because the healthcare system with ghosts is that you are trapped in your house for 125 years and you only get three meetings with Juno. That Just was three. Terrible. That is that was that is the US of A, okay? And they only use one on what day? Was it, it what year? Was it? <laughs> they didn't waste any time. They got like month three or something. Oh, month three or something oh like my that. God. They better be holding on. The netherworld is literally on American soil. Like, there's just no way. And I know you noticed the janitor was the same guy at the bar. On I love that. Yes. That is a great, yes. Who brought great up large callback. Yes. Yes. Love that. The other thing, though, I brought up Juno and I was just like, you don't want them calling Beetlejuice, but let me tell you how to get him. If you say his name three times, he will come in and get you. But I don't want you doing it. I strongly suggest you don't use it. Why tell him how to summon him? He wouldn't have never been a problem. Which also brings me to another sort of like conspiracy theory that i have adam and barbara yes they are ghosts they definitely have their way of living they look at charles and delia and lydia as this yuppie city folk that they just do not mesh well with right now i get it like they're different we look to them as the protagonists but here's the thing 
who summoned Beetlejuice in the first place, right? Like, like honestly, like you, True. like I get that you can't move out, but who in who are you to kick these people out of this house? And like you let him out the minute you met him, you were like, e- like immediately rejecting this and like, ooh, bad idea. And then all of a sudden you're like pissed off that he's causing havoc around that. Like you did this to them. And all of a sudden now it's like, ooh, we have a daughter and we don't have to like have sex to do it. So, you know, let's just adopt her pseudo Lee. And it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not saying that they're the real villains, but let's get something straight. Like you're the one that messed around with this family. What did you expect them to do? It, it's true at that point. Yeah, that's true. They could have, unfortunately, they could have just dealt with it. Like they kind of do in the end, I guess. Like we see that, you know, Lydia comes home from school and all that jazz. I, I do love the um sort of the tie-in that you guys picked up as well. I noticed the same thing was that, you know, the, the theme of things is that Adam and Barbara lacked sort of an additional person in the house, a family. And with this new family coming in, this unconventional new normal is what people call it, is what developed and that everybody was cohabitating and was able to, you know, exist in each other's worlds. And and the other thing is, is that Charles at the end, I found this to be fascinating. Like he was reading a book about how to live with the dead. Yeah. (laughs) And then he also listens to music and was like, oh, the ghost must be playing around with her and we understand the deal and blah, blah, blah. So like... There seemed to be a really wonderful unity that I think developed. And it's a theme that I honestly never picked up until now. I I, I like oh, I love that. I like that this sort of became full circle when all of them all they wanted to do was just be a family. And then, you know, she's yep. sculpting Beetlejuice. Like they all seem to have worked it out. So I mean, it just kind of shows you a way of how different people from different backgrounds can live together in harmony a little bit i don't think tim burton was that cheesy about it but i it's just something no. that i noticed <laughs> with the ending is that they were all you know the models out in the living room it's no longer in the attic like they're really sharing the the space and so i i thought that was great and rob do you have any rob's recommendations for this movie rob's recommendations Okay, so for my recommendations, if you like this film, I would suggest watching some of Tim Burton's older stuff around the same time that Beetlejuice came out. As his career went forward, he started doing more sort of remakes, adaptations, and stuff for his kids to watch. For me, I prefer some of the older stuff, and that includes his uh, directorial debut of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I think it is just as kooky as Beetlejuice, as well as Edward Scissorhands. And this is also with the Winona Ryder tie-in that I think, and in, 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 which is great. Oh, question for you. Diane Weiss or Catherine O'Hara? Catherine? Delia does like she she's she's the epic mom for sure. But Diane Weiss is just so my heart. That woman just adopted this grown ass man <laughs> from this dark castle. I just think that was beautiful. beautiful. I love that. It. Actually, is true. Yeah. Um, my last recommendation: if you did like this movie, I want you to watch this just so you can get the many the the versatility of Michael Keaton and his acting ability. And this is Multiplicity. 
where he is a husband who is really trying to hold it together, doing everything under the sun. And he gets an opportunity to clone himself so he can actually take a break from his life that is just 24-7 and allow the clone to do a lot of the heavy lifting. But he gets a little greedy and more clones are created. Therefore, you see multiple personalities and different variations of himself. And Michael Keaton does it all. So you can even hear the Beetlejuice voice in one of his clones. I think this movie is a nice, solid 90s comedy that everyone should watch if you're a Michael Keaton fan. So definitely check out Multiplicity. Now, if you did not like Beetlejuice, this is not your thing. They had certain elements. You love the cast, maybe. But all of it put together just did not work for you. So on the subject of Beetlejuice, which kind of falls into the Bloody Mary thing, urban legend, you know, ghosts coming back when you say his name. Where am I going with this? Candyman. Candyman is a great film. It is rated R versus PG-13. It is um, horror versus horror comedy. I mean, it is the complete opposite of Beetlejuice while still keeping the outline of the film, which is say my name and I will come. Candyman, definitely recommend that. This is Clive Barker. The other recommendation that I have is an action film. Uh, it's a little bit more on the funnier side as well. But Gina Davis, like you've never seen her before. If you want her taking, uh, <laughs> doing the uh, complete opposite from Homemaker, have her be a bloodthirsty assassin with amnesia. I'm talking about The Long Kiss Goodnight, also starring Samuel Jackson. This is a solid action film and Gina Davis shines. A movie that I do need to watch that I've never seen before is Cutthroat Island. I've never seen that uh, and I need that to was watch a, that. That was a movie. <laughs> I mean, I did only see it as a kid, so that's yeah. true. I don't know. I heard she's quite the action star in that, too. But Long Kiss Goodnight, wonderful, wonderful film. Watch that for Gina Davis if you didn't dig how she was acting in this movie. Um, another one that sort of goes into the ghosts sort of like theme is Poltergeist, the original. I would suggest watching that. Definitely the ghost story that you got from Beetlejuice, but just done more on the horror side and more grounded and realistic if Poltergeist and ghosts exist. So those are my recommendations recommendations from Beetlejuice. Rob's recommendations. David, your your parting words. Did we do this movie justice? I know that we're like both hanging on by a thread here because of the exhaustion and being sick. And in the middle, like Ryan's probably just recording sitting on a, a cardboard box right now because he's in the middle of moving. <laughs> yeah. Did we do it just at describing it? I, I'm hoping that most people have seen the movie, obviously. Yeah. And we have showed it respect and love because I do really love it. There's so many funny moments. So many. Some memorable we, music moments. Yeah, and I know. I, I guess we came off a little more serious, but I can't help it if I went into a parallel universe with Thor. That was <laughs> amazing. All the downhill then. When did Beatles just become a musical? <laughs> I, would, I would definitely look forward to seeing a reprisal um for most of the char most of the characters if they over a reboot yes 
I would definitely still be very open to it and not judgmental because I know that something that old has aged um, as far as, but at the same time, I don't find most of, like, you know how we've talked about, like, in other movies where things have, so there's been some offensive things that are would yes. be a no-go. I don't really see anything there. And it was a fantastical sort of a movie in many ways. And for the time, it was amazing as far as, like, the... Oh, uh, the, I mean, the effects are fantastic. Even that, like, Speedlejuice snake head that looks like Michael Keaton, you know, it's like, this. just looks, I mean, it looks, now, okay, maybe someone now would be like, oh, that's a puppet. Well, I guess the other thing I would say is that there, you had touched upon that they they end up basically dividing the house up and sharing it. They yeah. sort of re, they convert part of the house back to the way it used to be. Sweet. And it, it they just work out, and you see that they're working with Lydia, like, basically. At school, she comes home from school, and they want her to like do her homework and stuff like that, but she wants to pl- play with them in the sense so it's that almost they, like they got they got the child that they really kind of yeah. wanted. I think it, it ended up on a really happy note. So I'm gonna say I don't feel this movie is a horror movie, and I really don't. I think it's almost like I, I mean I guess it would have to be, but it's like a comedy slash little wisps of horror because I didn't find it that scary. I know that you like I I, I did think that it was pretty as a kid, yeah. I would say graphic at times, and I think that the sexual overtones of him marrying Lydia kind of were a little disturbing and uh, to me a little bit. But I guess it's because I have children too, and I'm an adult now. But that's debatable. Well, stay tuned next month when we when we talk about Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask and their <laughs> their age gap and a love triangle with an alien male yeah <laughs> that and more um, so I like I said I hope we really did justice to it I hope people enjoyed it I would love to you know we really have to when when we're when we're in the same time zone again and you're here with um, we're definitely going to have to open this up to we're gonna do something we're gonna do some live stuff it'll be a lot oh, yeah. easier to I would love to have some of our like loyal listeners too, if they're up for it to do even like little things, even if they don't want to do the whole podcast, it'd be a lot of fun. I don't know why I'm even saying that. You know, I'm tired, but it is, it does come from the heart. What I'm saying, I, I really feel juice. I, I would highly suggest people watching it. I think because of the fact that it's other than the F word dropped once, I think that children these days would almost be like, eh, it was nothing as far as like you're playing to the scary part. Yeah. Young, like oh, whatever, yeah, this ten year old, an eight year old, whatever, eight, nine, ten year old, I think would be totally fine with it and not even bit yes. of But I do like the whimsical part of it, and I definitely want Tim Burton to infuse back his his you know flavor into this. So without Helen Bottom Carter, you don't talk about Christian Slater Carter, Linda Carter <laughs> Bottom. <laughs> she, she, that was another episode of the podcast you could always reach the radical retro rewind podcast one word on instagram oh i usually do david's first we're all messed up say my name say my name when no one is around you say baby i love you if you ain't running games beetlejuice 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 <laughs> say baby i love you now i just want to sing D- david is universal appeal 2020 all one word also on instagram thank you so much for waiting for this episode next week is Josie and the Pussycats the movie with Rob. Josie and the Pussycats. What is it? Long tail and ears and hats. Guitar and shorts and flats. Dun, 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 Josie dun, and the Pussycats.
Yeah. It ain't gem. Know. It ain't gem. And then we have that Sailor Moon R the movie, The Promise of the Rose with David. Radical Ones, thank you as always for being here. Please like, comment, and subscribe if you're listening to this on YouTube. A review on your favorite platform always helps to spread the word. Thank you, Leah, for supplying us with clips and audio of the movies we use. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.